Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. Welcome back. We've been talking about faith, having faith in God. Mark 11, 22 says, Jesus said, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, our great high priest. Yeah, Pastor Vince or Pastor Richard didn't say it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Jesus said it. The one we worship and adore, he, the one that died and rose again for us, he said it. He said, have faith in God. And again, I tell people all the time, God and his word are like wet and water. You can't separate it. And, but when you get God's word, you get his will. People be saying, well, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, you just told me you don't know what the word of God is because his will is in his word. They're the same. And we left off yesterday with this scripture in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to reference it again. Uh, he goes to tell Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you have learned. Now, I, I've learned kingdom stuff. Remember, we've been conveyed, and Colossians said, we've been conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his light, love or light, into that marvelous light. We're in the kingdom of God now. We're ambassadors for Christ. So he said, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Being assured of is having faith in. I'm assured this thing works. Look, and knowing from whom you've learned them. Well, we learned them from the Holy Scriptures, from Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Look, we said that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures is the Word of God. He says, which are able to make you wise. Uh-oh, I thought wisdom in Proverbs 4, 7 said wisdom was the principal thing. And all you're getting, get understanding. He said, God's Word is able to make one wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It goes all the way back to Christ Jesus. And again, faith is confidence in God's Word. He said, confidence in God's Word will make you wise. For salvation, and salvation is that sozo, that's everything, nothing missing, nothing broken. But look what he also says, then he sums it up in verse 16, he says, all scripture, or all the word of God, is given by inspiration of God, that's why people like, man wrote the Bible, yeah, God uses people, yeah, it was God's thoughts, man penned it, God told him what to write. So all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable, I like that word right there, the word of God is profitable. Remember, it's able to make me wise. I guess I profit from, I went from being unwise to wise, a fool to wise. It's uh, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And I always posit correction because we all need to be corrected because we know everything. We need some correction. And I like Pastor Bill Winston. He's a pastor and he, he flies airplanes. He gave this example. He said, I fly, fly airplanes and I live in Chicago. In order for me, to, if I want to go to L.A., I get in the air. Plane, I set my coordinates and everything, put it on autopilot. I get to 30,000 feet and I set the autopilot. He said, but every so often I need to hit the, the, the little things to make little adjustments, make corrections. He said, because if I never make corrections, I'll never get to L.A. And he says, just like us with the word of God, if we never use the word of God to make corrections, we'll never get to our destiny. So you got to be 
teachable. That's what the Bible says. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. You got to be, you got to stay teachable. You can't, oh, I know everything. No, you don't. You're not Holy Ghost Junior. You got to be teachable. Jesus was a teacher. He taught grown men. <laughs> he taught grown men that thought they knew everything. Remember, they thought Jesus was coming with the revolution that wasn't going to be televised. She said, no, 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 you got it twisted, man. This kingdom I'm coming, it, it, I'm going to put it inside of you. Remember, they thought he was coming to overthrow the Roman government. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to overthrow and it. Which one of us is going to be now? Right. Who's going who, yeah, who to be top guy? Who's going to be on your administration? Who's going to be on staff? <laughs> but no, he said, no, no, this, this kingdom I'll come to restore, it's going to be inside of you. And it's going to allow you to rule and reign in life as a king. Remember, everybody's a king in the kingdom. But he said, don't get it twisted. I I'm the king of kings. I'm the lord of lords. So you don't, and, and, and a student is never above his teacher. He says, just understand that. But back to the text. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Richard, we actually need instruction in righteousness. Because guess what we before before we became righteous? We were unrighteous. <laughs> we had a lot of instruction in that from the devil. Well, we were the enemies of God. And our God was Satan. We had a lot of instruction in unrighteousness. He taught us a lot of what we refer to as thinking, thinking. He, he built it up in us. But now we got to let the word of God, which is two-headed sword, cut out that stinking thinking. And then we got to replant the seed. Because in Lucas says the word of God is seed. Replant some new seed and let that grow up. In order to let seed grow up, you got to nourish it. You got to put some super grow on it. You got to, that's the Holy Spirit, the super grow. You got you to gotta water that seed. You got to nurture that seed and let it grow. So he, and he says the word of God is the seed. So that word of God is going to increase you. So he says... It's uh, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And I like verse 17, that the man or human or woman of God may be complete. And I like to define words. What's the opposite of complete? Incomplete. So we were incomplete previous. So he said, I want you to be complete. Complete means I got it all. Done. I'm complete. Right. It's a done deal. When Jesus said it was, it was finished, it was complete. So anyway, he said that we may be complete. Look, he elaborated on complete. He said thoroughly equipped. Right, we have everything. You got everything in him. It's in him, remember, that I live and breathe and have my very being. He said we're thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work is your assignment, what he's purposed you to do. That's the good work. And anything else that he asks you to do, I've equipped you for it because I gave you my word. I gave you my will, and my word is sufficient. Remember? He asked Paul, Paul said, I got this thorn. Don't trip. My grace is sufficient. I got you, Paul. Yeah, you ain't perfect. You did some, you, you killed a lot of Christians, but I got an assignment for you, Paul. I knew what you were going to do before the foundation of the world, and I had a plan for you too, Paul. Go out and fulfill the plan and purpose I have on your, your life. And Paul had to get that revelation. There's no combination for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. He got it. Then he well, revealed see, it well, to us. See, he had to get it because if he didn't get it, he would never do anything. Because, Same thing with us. Because he had to look and say, man, I, if man, I deserve to be condemned, it's me. Right. And, he and said I was the chief sinner. And he says, there's no condemnation. No, Nobody can condemn me. I can't even condemn myself. Because I'm now in Christ Jesus. Right. Remember, in him we live and breathe and have our very being. And people sometimes condemn themselves. See, but... You, but see, you know, we were talking about this before we came on the air originally, how people get so messed up and have done so many things and they look at their own life and they'll say things like, I could never go to church because, mm -hmm. you know, I've done too many bad things or, or I, and I hear people say, man, if I walked into a church building, the whole roof would collapse. And maybe they don't think that 
is going to happen literally, but they think they've done too many things to ever be in mm -hmm. God's family. That They've done too many things to ever be included by God in anything. And they'll say things like, you know, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to quit drinking. One of these days I'm going to quit doing drugs. Or one mm -hmm. of these days I'm going to quit whatever it is that they do. I'm going to clean myself up and then I'm going to start going to church. Because then God would be able to look at me. God would be able to see me. God would say, okay, it's all right for them to come in because they've quit doing these things that they were doing. Right, right. They cleaned themselves up. Right. That's not what God's about. That's not the way that it works. Come to me all who are heavy laden see, he and I will give up. you rest. Yeah. Right? That's why there's now no condemnation because it doesn't matter what you did before. You've been forgiven. Now, I just heard somebody not like what that was. It does matter what you did before. You know what? When God's forgiven you, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, that person don't have that a revelation of, of redemption. And I spoke about that on Easter, the reality of redemption. And again, in John 15, Jesus said, you are already clean because of the words I've spoken over you. Remember, if God come in here and say it's Sunday, guess what? If God says you're clean, you've been forgiven, guess what? If he said he who knew no sin was made sin for you, that you may become the righteousness of God, guess what? You are what God says and you it are. it doesn't matter if everybody else remembers your sins. It, it doesn't matter if everybody else thinks, oh, man, you know, I, let's wait and see if it really Richard, is real. I say this all the time. I don't care what people think about me. I only, it only matters what God thinks about me, and he loves me. And I have two words for people that don't like me. So what? He likes me. He right. loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Yeah, so you got to get an understanding that that got to get down in your spirit, that truth, that word, and then allow it to, to transform you by the renewing of your mind. So now you got the mind of Christ. That Paul had the mind of Christ. That's why he can go out and, and cast demons out too, just like Christ. Before he was murdering Christians, now you're casting out demons? Uh-oh, that's a bad dude. That's the, that's the power and the love of God that dwells in us through his spirit that was given to us. And you have to receive with meekness well, the see, truth. And when Paul, right after he had seen the bright light there on the road to Damascus, when God sends Ananias to him, first Ananias says, hey, wait a minute. Uh-uh, man, I heard about you, man. You <laughs> yeah. was a bad mother, don't man. Don't you know who this guy is? He, right. I think if you figure out who this guy is, you won't send me to him because, right. man, this dude's bad. <laughs> right. And God says, no, I know exactly I, what he I'm, is. I'm working with him. <laughs> and I know exactly what's going to happen, and he's going to fulfill my plan for him. And that's what, see, people will remember things we've done. People, and even we might remember things we've done, but don't ever let that take over. Don't ever let what people say about you take over. Because it's what, as you said earlier, it's what matters is what does God say about me? God says that when he looks at me, he sees Jesus' righteousness, and I'm perfect And he also sight. said, he said, your sin and your iniquities, I will remember no more. They're gone. He said, I blotted we them out. We can't even figure out how he could do that, though, because we can remember. Right. But he we, said, I don't remember. We can remember our own sins. We can remember other people's sins. And, and, and we say, well, how can God not remember them? How can God blot them out? How can they be as far as the east is from the west and him remember them no more? We don't have to know how that works. We just have to what? have faith in God. We just have to believe God. So my human thinking says, how could God possibly forget all my sin? Because I can remember lots of them. And and friends and family and people could remind me of lots of them if they were so inclined. So and, how, and they will. How can God not remember them? Well, you know what? He says they're as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. So guess what? I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to believe 
what my own thinking might say or somebody else's thinking might say. I'm going to actually believe God. And guess what happened to my sins? They're gone. And he well, doesn't. Well, not on um, believe God. Believing God also equates to agreeing with God. Right. I agree. That's what faith is. I agree with what God says. If He said all my sins are blotted out, He remembers no more. Amen to that. I agree. Well, see, that's <laughs> I tell people that all the time. You know what? If you get up this morning and you didn't really have anything to praise God about, just remember all your sins are forgiven mm -hmm. and He remembers them no more. And if you can't say praise the Lord over that, something's wrong. And, and also, as a Christian, and we're gonna miss the mark as a Christian. We're gonna make mistakes. We gonna because we're babies in Christ. When you get first get saved, just like in the natural, a baby's gonna stumble as he's learning to walk. As we learning to. As we're learning to walk by faith, we're going to stumble, Well, Richard. see, and here's the, here's the difference between a lot of Christians and parents. Parents, when their kid's just learning to walk, the kid falls down. What's the parents do? Pick them back up. Right, and now, then the kid has... Are they shocked that the kid fell down? Look at that. He fell down the first time he tried to walk... He'll never walk. But as, he fell down that but, first but, but time, see, so he'll never walk. But like you're saying, walk. I know where you're going with this. The church, we, we, we if you fall down as a Christian, they're they going to go ahead and kick you. <laughs> they're going to hold you down. Right, they're going to kick He'll you. He'll never walk. But you know why? Because they don't have a re revelation of 1 John 1, 9. Now, this is for us who are learning to walk by faith, not by sight, spiritually. 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, now we can go directly to daddy. We don't got to go to the priest like in the Old Testament and some denominations do. They send you through the yeah, priest and need he needs, he need needs, right, 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 right. So he said, if we confess our sins, he is, he, God, through Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, sins with an S on it, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is sin. He said, if I go to him and talk to daddy about it or lift me up, you know, that child put their hands up when they fall. We, we put our hands up as adults, as a sign of surrender. Daddy, lift me back up. He said, I'm faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all righteousness. Not some righteousness because we think there's some sins God can't handle. They're too big for him. Oh, yeah. That's why we tell people, come as you are. And don't try to clean yourself up first because it'll never happen. Only he can cleanse you. And Jesus said in John 15, you are clean. You are already clean by the word I've spoken over you. Remember, he sent his word and it heals. It heals from sin, too. And Jesus is referred to as the living word of God. He sent Jesus to save See, humanity from right. sin. And anybody who puts their faith in him can be saved no matter what they it, have done. You can be cleansed. We have, we have talked about this issue at our Bible study for the last three or four weeks. And, and I'm hoping everybody listening will think about this. When was the last time, and I'm talking to the listeners, you prayed for anybody in ISIS. You know, you see these guys from the ISIS enemies. beheading people, and you say they could never be saved. They're just too far gone. There's nothing could help them. When was the last time you prayed for any of those people that God's Holy Spirit would speak to them that they might be changed? Because in some ways, you know what? I see them as like a modern-day Paul. They're the guy. Yeah, Paul was would, a terrorist. Paul was a guy that that had we been around, we probably would have said, "There's no way he'll ever change. There's no way he could ever be when, good." When we see him, we're gonna run, man. And we, we ain't got nothing yeah, good to say about he's him. He's bad, All right? And he'll always be bad. Yet God took him and changed him. These people in ISIS, we say, man, they're bad. They'll never be good. They'll never change. There's no hope for them. I say to people all the time, pray for them. Pray for them that the Holy Spirit will speak to them, that God would send somebody or his Holy Spirit would somehow speak to them that they might get changed. 
we get it into our head that there are some people that are so bad they can't be saved. Not everybody's going to be saved because some people are just going to reject God to the end. Uh-huh. But that doesn't shorten God's hand. We should pray for the people who despitefully use us. We should pray for the people we think are so bad they could never be changed because God changes people that are bad. We look at ourselves and we say, well, I was never that. I never beheaded anybody. I never was that bad. Yeah, you were. You were a sinner. You were a sinner right from the get-go. God, if you're a believer, if you're a child of God, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God changed you, and he can change anybody. That's why Paul said, I was the chief of sinners. He knew who he was. Uh-huh. And you know what? <laughs> this is something that we got to get a grip on. Paul's <laughs> mind was, if God could change me, he could change anybody. Amen. We need to, each of us, realize if God could change me, if God could forgive my sins, if God could put my sins as far as the east is from the west and remember them no more, then guess what? He can do that with anybody. Amen. And I like to say, too, you, you were talking about praying for ISIS. Well, Jesus commanded us to, to bless those that persecute us, pray for those who spitefully use us. He told, remember, he left us an example that we should follow. He's our Lord and Savior. I mean, he's our owner, our, our king. He told us to uh, don't trade evil for evil, but repay evil for good. But but pray for your enemies. I want to ask, you know, make it more locally. When the last time you prayed for your enemies? Because he told you to do that. And that enemy might be somebody that works with you. Right. That it could be somebody, might be somebody in your family. It could be somebody you see as another race because something happened to you in your past from that person from another ethnic background or another race or culture. And you got, and again, as you keep growing in the knowledge of the Lord's will, which equates to his word, which equates to the truth, it's going to continue to set you free. And you're going to be mindful not to just be a hearer only, but a doer. And I find myself praying for those who despitefully use me, Richard. I pray for my enemies. I, again, there's so much. That's why he said the effective fervent prayer of the righteous avail of must. There's so much we can pray about. Well, you know, and you talk about praying for your enemy, and that enemy might be a coworker who wants the same promotion you want. Right. You need to pray for him. No, I'm not praying for them because I don't want them to get my well, you promotion. Know what? Remember, in we, fact, I'm going to plot we, so I can get that promotion. Before the broadcast, we talked about Job, and we know the latter, Job chapter 42, the Bible says, when Job prayed for his friends, he was restored. He had his he had the finest daughters in the land. He had more cattle. When he, but the key was when he prayed for his friends. God desires to hear from us through prayer. That's what prayer is. It's just our right to to petition heaven, to talk to God about what he said basically in his word. Well, he said, pray for your enemies, intercede, stand in the gap for those your enemies, stand in the gap for those who spitefully use you. Pray for them. And I always tell people, if you don't want to pray a blessing over, if they ain't saved, pray that God would have a divine encounter with them, Amen. like he did with Paul. Pray that. Pray that he would show them the errors of their ways. There's so many things you can pray. God, I just lift them up to you. You have your way with them, with my enemies, with those who spitefully use me. God know who did you wrong. That's why he told you. Us, the believers, the ones that's growing spiritually, he said, don't you repay evil for evil, but yet you overcome evil with good. Well, I can overcome evil with good by praying for him. 
I ain't got to go in their face. I go in my own prayer closet and pray for them. They ain't got to never know I prayed for them. But we have to be not just hearers of this, but do it. Pray for them. Pray for your enemies. You know, pray for those who, who use you that jack you up in a business deal. Pray for them. Don't slander them. He didn't say slander them. He said pray for them. He said lift them up to me. And then he went over in Romans and said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He said, I'll repay, but I want you to pray for him. Pray for your enemies. Remember Job? They was trying to tell Job all the stuff he probably did to bring this calamity on him. You must have done something, Job. He had to. Come Job, on, Job, had, up, Job. Job had to pray for, pray for, they, pray for their, them not having no revelation. Because <laughs> Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. I don't know what's going on here, but I know my Redeemer lives. I'm still going to acknowledge him in all my ways. And Job said, I, I need to pray for these guys because obviously they don't have a clue. <laughs> they don't, my, he said, God is good. Even though though he slay me, yet I will still worship you. That's the attitude. That's what faith on fire means. You're sold out for what God said. You don't lean to your own understanding. You remember the Bible says there's a way to a man that seems right, but in the end it's destruction. That way that seems right is you lean into an unrenewed mind. The Bible calls you a carnal Christian. Yeah, you don't want to be a carnal Christian. That's a baby Christian. You don't want to be a baby forever. You want to grow up into the head, which is Christ Jesus, and that's what God desires us. And again, that's what this broadcast is designed to do, ignite, increase your faith on fire. And we, and we know what, how faith comes. It comes by receiving this word. You got to get the word on it. That's why we're called, Richard, the word church. I'm going to give you the word. And again, don't get, I preached the message a couple of weeks ago. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just bringing the word. <laughs> I'm just giving you what the word says. And guess what? I have to, I have to submit to the word too. Even more so, we have as pastors, we got to submit to the word. Because we're going to be under a scripture judgment if we don't. And we understand the word of God says God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That, that's across the board. That's all God's kids. And that's even the ungodly too. Whatever they sow, they're going to reap. If they don't. So to the truth about getting saved, guess what they're going to reap? Hell. Yeah, I said it, hell. That's what they're going to reap. Whatever man sold. He said, God ain't mocked. Meaning, you ain't going to make no fool of me. Right. He said, my word, my word don't return void. I tell you there's a heaven and there's a hell. Well, if I said it, it is. And it doesn't matter if you disagree or you don't like it or you don't think it's fair. So don't, don't shoot the messenger. Right. right. He said, whatever you sold, that's what you're going to reap. I ain't mocked. If I said it, I, that's it. So our job, especially as believers, is get in line with the word. We was talking about that before the broadcast about going out. He didn't tell us to be a lighthouse. He said be a street light. Go out. You was talking about this church in what country? Mexico. Mexico? Yeah. They, what do they do? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just a little church. And, and instead of having Wednesday night Bible study where they opened the church and hoped everybody came, they all got on this old bus they had and went out to this farm camp. And, and preach the gospel. The word. There you go. Yeah, had a little microphone and a little amp and just start preaching. And and one guy was speaking and then other people were just walking around out to where the people actually were living in cardboard and just talking to people. Sounds like what Jesus did. Right. Jesus didn't build a building. <laughs> it is like interesting. Jesus, did. Jesus didn't build a building no. and say, okay, it's Sunday, come on in, or Saturday, come on Actually, in. Actually, he gave Paul the revelation over Corinthians. He said, you are God's house. You are God's building. Right. He said, you are it God's field. interesting. You know, a lot of people don't realize this or think about it that often. Jesus didn't build a building. 
He didn't. He didn't build any building and well, say, come here to this building to see me. Well, we kind of did it for convenience. And, oh, and, 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 I understand and we, why we, we do we, it. We, it's like a sacred cow now. Well, I understand why we do it because a lot of Christians in America, if you don't have air conditioning and the heating, they ain't coming. We ain't coming here this morning. <laughs> we got comfortable. You know, and if we're going to be outside and it's going to be rainy, we, we can't we possibly shelter. come And ain't that. nothing wrong with buildings. We ain't and, saying nothing wrong with buildings. we can't come if it's too hot because, you know, it gets hot in Chico. Richard, there's nothing wrong with buildings, but what we're saying is, Take what you're learning in the building, take it out to the right. highways and byways. Take it to your relatives. They probably ain't going to want to hear it because I'm the, the word of, it. But, the but take it to The word of God them. usually, and in fact should, and most definitely does, more of it takes place out of the building. Because when you think about it, there's 168 hours in a week. Let's say that you're hardcore, man. You got you go to church the last two hours, man. If our church lasts two hours, I'd have people walking out for us over. But let's just say, let's say... You went hardcore for two hours, and then you had like a Bible study, a midweek service, and you had another hour, so there's three hours. There's still 165 hours in a week. You gave God a That three. means that the work of God has to take place out of that building, because there's a lot of churches that it goes for an hour, and that's the only service they go to all week is that one hour. So that means you got 167 hours out of that building. Most of the work of God had better take place out of that building or else there's not hardly anything going on. Mm -hmm. We think, well, I'm at church. We're doing the work of God. We're doing the will of God. Now we're done. And so oh, no, we're going back home and rest up to the mall. <laughs> we're coming back to this building. And I know some churches around here. That's their mentality. All our church, all our go takes place in this building Monday through Friday. And then, of course, Sunday service. But that's it. And I tell my wife, I'm like, why well, I don't never see such and such from such and such church? I never see them out and about unless it's at Starbucks. But anyway, I'm serious. They never be out and about. They ain't involved in no well, community. Well, that is a good office for your church. Yeah, yeah, right. But they're, in, they're never in no community outreach things. They're not a part of, you know, activism. None of that. And I think Jesus would be there saying, hey, you know what? That's wrong. Because uh, he did it. He ran up on some guys that was getting ready to stone this lady caught in the midst of adultery. Jesus stepped in the middle of it and gave him some wise counsel concerning that. And again, I think that's, uh, that's just where I'm at. I believe the church, when I say the church, not the building of the people, we should be out and about. Because he said, you are the salt of the earth. Well, see, here's the thing. We are out and about. So now we have to open our eyes to the fact that we are the church out and about. So now so, we need to so preach the gospel. So whether it's the grocery store, you're the post office, or wherever you are... You are the church at that place, mm -hmm. and you need to be listening to what God would be telling you about what to speak or not to speak. And that's so true, because he will give you something to say. Well, we're out of speaking of something to say. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. And again, we want to remind you as you go through this week, continue to keep walking by faith. this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.